Alrighty, we're off. Um, behind the vinyl, another episode. Uh, Nicholas, as always, by my side. Mm-hmm. And uh, this time we've got um, the, the legend that is Ryan Roxy. The legend that is <laughs> yes. Ryan Roxy. It's the guy who's very excited to be sitting at a table with you today <laughs> talking about my favorite band. Oh, of course. <laughs> and That's my good. favorite album. All right. And yeah. which album is that? That would be the first Cheap Trick. There cheap you go. Trick. Kind of, kind of been waiting for a Cheap Trick to pop up. It hasn't, yeah. it hasn't popped up from anyone. Self-titled Cheap Trick album, 1977. I mean, if you know anything about myself, you know, out there, I use 77 as a big reference. Yep. And yeah. a lot of that's due to the music, not just Cheap Tricks, but all the great bands that came out that year. So, uh, like I said, I, I always... Turn somebody on to Cheat Trick. You guys are vets, so I know you know about it. But I was literally taking the subway over here uh, to do this, and I put that first album on, and it holds up so good, so good in the subway. You know, you just put those headphones on, you crank it up, and there's the tone, guitar tones, everything, the production, just the voice. I mean, we'll get into all that, but sure. Yeah, I think uh, Rick Nielsen's a little bit underrated or a lot underrated as a guitar player. Yeah, I also think that Cheap Trick were like back then and then later on as well. I think they were always a bigger name in the States than they were over here in Europe. And I'm not really sure if they ever toured that much, like in the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, they actually have, I guess, toured Europe lately. Oh, yeah, yeah, they have. But, you know, for us, and I guess subsequent years after... The huge heyday, which is probably late 70s um, through the 80s, mm. and then obviously with the flame, they went way over the top. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, they were kind of known as America's biggest bar band. Right. Uh, yeah. After that, because they just constantly toured, constantly toured. But in the heyday, they were playing arenas. And mm. I remember during the Dream Police album, they were headlining their own uh, tours, their own arena tours. But I remember seen sort of uh, concerts. I grew up in the Bay Area, San Francisco, and I remember seeing Cow Palace, whatever there be a huge band, whether it was Van Halen or whether it was ACDC, you'd always have Cheap Trick as the opener. Right. You yeah. know, they were, the, they were the kings of opening up for these iconic bands, and then they eventually had their success with yeah. Budokan. But to me, everything sort of lies in the first album. All, right. all my influences... And, and this is another funny thing. <laughs> on the on the way over, I I listened to uh, Taxman, right? Yeah, Mister Mister Thief. Yeah, I've rewritten musical parts of that song, and not just one of my songs, but twice. I've <laughs> oh, done, I've, okay. I've done it and gone on to record it. And, and some people might call it plagiarism. I call it paying homage. Yeah, absolutely. Is that, of course. Is that yeah. fair? That, yeah, that is absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, Cow Palace. That's a legendary. Is that still there? San no. Francisco Cow Palace. I think that was the last, uh, if I'm not mistaken, could have been the Sex Pistols closed out their career there. Okay. Or the Beatles. Right. And to me, and on certain levels, they they have just as much importance in my musical background. Right, yeah, Obviously, yeah. the Beatles are a huge influence. And a cheap trick. Yeah. They were a huge influence as well. But the Sex Pistols, too, because, you know, this first cheap trick record was... A rock and roll record, but it was also a punk rock record. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It had yeah. it had that vibe, you know. It's a different record. This first record is very different to what Cheap Trick 
later became. Eventually yeah. became. Oh yeah. yeah. If, yeah. You, if you if you took like a I think it was Diane Warren that wrote the flame. Right. Yeah. And if you took that song to and, and go all the way back, the these songs to me are true. Just rock and roll band. Yeah. What what you'd want to go see at a live show. What you'd yeah. basically wait all day in front yeah. of a venue to to run up to the front of the stage to hear these songs. That was to me, you know, this album. Yeah. And, and I remember as a kid just coming home from school and putting on this album, putting on my big big old foamy headphones yeah. that, that covered my ears, yeah. you know, and made me look like an alien and doing my homework, basically, basically the cheap trick. Right. Yeah. Nice. I actually did homework. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's one of us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's play a song. He's a whore. And, um, we will come back after this. Played that we got a little style story about that. Let's let's hear your story. <laughs> oh my god, that's a great one. Let's hear your story. Okay, because there's a few stories for that. Absolutely. Uh, my he's a horse story is well, not only for many years was I actually called that, but um, <laughs> musically speaking, <laughs> maybe. but uh, I uh, recently did this couch riffs. And it's a show that's out on the internet. Right. Okay. And, couch uh, riffs. Couch riffs. It's, okay. it's it's a it's a podcast uh, slash show where you go in there, you get one take at playing the song. The mm. host and now we're gonna have to edit this out because you're gonna have to tell me the name of him. <laughs> um, if you give me a second, I'll get it. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. So we can just make a little note that we can edit it, but. Uh, it's called Couch Rips, and because I don't, I, I want to give the guy credit. He's he's a cool dude, and, and if, I, if I and I just did it, so I you know, it wasn't for my. Uh, um, yeah, it, his name is is is, and even if I can do, he's a whore. I'll play it for you in a little while. Squires, yeah. So, Mike Squires. Okay. So there you go. Yeah. So I just did, as you can see. So, so, so here's the thing. And, and, and well, let's go. But you ready to talk? About yeah, we're ready to talk okay. about it now. Three, um, two, one, and we're in. So, um, he's a whore. Um, so, Mike Squire, right? Yeah, yep. yeah. Mike, Mike. I just recently did this show uh, called Couch Riffs with Mike Squire, and he's a great guy because. He'll sort out this. He'll sort out a track. He goes. He goes. Roxy, what track do you want to play? And I go. Well, 
he's a whore. Cheap trick. One of my favorites. It's, it's you know, under three minutes, easy mm. to learn. I, I, I've, it's sort of in my backbone. I've played it when I played with Gilby Clark for many years. We played it in Candy even before that. So this, the song has history, and I know the chords. Uh, we go down there to the rehearsal room or where we, we, he set up the, the couch because it's called Couch Riffs. We sit on the couch. He plugs you in. He goes, uh, are you in tune? I go, yeah, I'm in tune. He goes, okay. When I press record, that's your one take. And I go, that's the only thing I ask about this show is that we don't rehearse it. We don't make it perfect. If it's rough around the edges, that's what it is. But here's our take. Are you ready? And I said, okay, let me go over it in my head just real quick, make sure I have that. <laughs> I should have maybe practiced it before a little bit. But no, I, I, I had it, press record, went right through it. And what you see on the uh, internet right now is first take. our first nice. take. Our first and only take. Is that Sweden? That was actually on the U.S. tour this last yeah, He's, he's uh, in the U.S. Tour. Okay, yeah. cool. He's based in the U.S. Okay. Yeah, he, um, he plays uh, guitar with uh, Duff McKagan's solo band as well. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So really cool guy. And um, yeah, go, go support it. As well as, as, as supporting you two. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know what I always say? Uh, one hand washes the other. Both hands wash the feet. Absolutely. Oh, there you go. Yeah, sure. Right. That's from my friend Hell Weeds. Yeah. That was some great <laughs> advice. I didn't get that advice from anything off the first Cheap Trick record, but close. <laughs> the first Cheap Trick album, you know, first line, it's so topical back in 1977 as it is today. It is. First line of the, we were talking about this before we pressed record. Yeah. The first line of the uh, actual album is, so you're missing school. You know that school's for fools. Exactly. Today, money rules. Yeah. And everybody steals it. Yeah. So it's been the same back then. Of course. It is now. Always. Always. Shall always. Be, yeah. Absolutely. Always. Always. And you talked, um, you talked about taking some riffs and paying homage. Um, like, uh, he's a whore. Mm. Uh, Ramones did exactly that. Oh, that drum beat? Yeah. Uh, for, for, for KKK. KKK yeah. took oh, the yeah, away. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I that's, can hear that. That's I can straight, definitely straight hear off that. Piece of Hall. Well, yeah. I mean, wasn't that album, if I'm not mistaken, right around the same year? Wasn't it Rocket to Russia and uh, maybe Cheap Trick? They were, I know 77 was a big Ramones year as well. So right. Yeah. They, they, I know they bashed it out in the same clubs. Right. You know, yeah. that yeah. Cheap Trick is from Rockford, Illinois. So they were playing the sort of Midwest Central yeah. Chicago yeah. scene where, where the Ramones were playing New York. But you know what? If you're a club band, you basically play whatever club will have. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And just a little side note, um, go and check out the Ramones and go and check out Rockford. That record from Cheap yeah. Trick. It's a good one. Fuck, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's really good. Unbelievable it's really record. good. It's really good. Yeah. I actually was on tour with Cheap Trick, uh, Alice Cooper and uh, Cheap Trick. Yeah, 05. We're, we're on tour in 05, and uh, for pretty much the whole tour, yep. uh, they were opening uh, up the show, and then we would close. Brutal, but, brutal Planet? Or? No, yeah, no, that, no, that would have been the Eyes of Alice Cooper eyes back Alice in those right, days. Yeah, yeah. Either Dragon Town or Eyes. And um, for the, pretty much the whole tour, they were the openers, but we played Rockford, Illinois, right. and we switched... Oh, that's bill. cool. And that's we, nice. we, we switched the bill where we were opening up. Cheap Trick headline, Rockford, Illinois, and then after, got the key to the city. Oh. Yeah. And then nice. an even cooler thing afterwards, <laughs> Eric Singer, the drummer at the time uh, I was playing with with Dallas, who now is the drummer in Kiss, me and uh, Eric went over to Rick Nielsen's house, and Rick brought us into his guitar no, world, no, no, no. his guitar <laughs> vault, and he showed us all a bunch of his 
classic collectible guitars. Because he's a. We were talking, literally talking about this yesterday. Yeah, we were. Yeah, he's, I remember he's now. A he's massive, a collector. Yeah, massive collector. Right. He's a. He's actually a trippy guy when it comes to that because he has probably the most expensive gear ever wow. just lying around. I, we, we were in this one room, his his little mock studio that he had. He had, I think, you know, wasn't a huge studio. It was a smaller, just, I guess, idea recording studio. But underneath the little couch there, he goes, yeah, 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 Roxy, check it out underneath the couch there. Pull that out. And, I, and I, it was this old case. And... Uh, and he goes, oh, be careful with the case. The case <laughs> worth the case is worth about twenty thousand. <laughs> <laughs> kind of sounds like Ace Freely, or maybe maybe my Ace Freely impersonation, exactly yeah. like Rick Nielsen. I don't know. But I so I pulled out this guitar case, opened it up, and it was a nineteen fifty eight Flying V. Oh, mm. you know, and and Gibson. That was the year that Gibson made Flying Vs yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Gibson Explorers. So yeah, he owns probably some of the most vintage guitars and gear out there and and oddly enough and, and strangely enough he still plays with at least when we toured with him last one amplifier oh, all right a big a fender amp cranked up and it was set to the side of the stage and he sounds like rick nielsen right. all right you know? love it i always hear stories or read stories about him having these super rare guitars you know like um where there's one or two made with different headstocks or something like that, just to try it out, and he's got him. I think his father owned a guitar shop or something, right, when he was a kid. I don't and know about where, that history, but that's, that's where cool. he first started. The, the right. I'll, I'll tell you, he was the one that inspired me to actually get my own strap, my own custom strap, which I actually have a custom Ryan Roxy 77 strap out there now. Oh, really? It's made by this company called Richter, and they've done a really great job with it. But you know, back in the day when I was listening to those albums and doing my homework, I just also read the liner notes of these albums. Yeah, right. As you did, as you did, <laughs> or as you do. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm reading the liner notes, and I, they have a lot of pictures back then in the booklets, especially a Budokan album has a mm, lot yep. of uh, cool booklets and stuff. And Rick Nielsen always had these checkerboard guitar straps. Yeah, yes. So for years, I tried to find them. I finally did, and I had a checkerboard strap for a long, long time. And then I've, it eventually morphed into uh, me wanting to have my own sort of look and my own sort of style of guitar strap. So now I have one. Cool. Because that, that was the thing, with, I think, because I, I was a late bloomer when it came to Cheap Trick. Yep. Like, probably, I said early 90s or late 80s and you know I was into the Motley Cruise and the Poisons and all that shit and what I remember first of Cheap Trick was pictures of Rick Nielsen with his five silly neck. yeah exactly yeah. five neck guitars and those silly <coughs> the, guitars and, Nielsen guitar. yeah and yeah. I always wondered what is that is that just a goofy band or I mean are they serious <laughs> or anything and then later on I got into it I think the first one I bought was actually the first Cheap I got to strap album. that five string or that five neck guitar on. Oh, and, and, is it heavy? Um, yeah, it's got to be. It's, yeah. it's, it's it's a lot of wood and it's a lot but of. I wasn't guitar sure necks. whether it it all chambered. It's and all that for too. me. It's just like it's it's kind of was unplayable because I don't have long enough arms right. to reach <laughs> yeah. down there. You have to sort of do the the yeah. slash trick and, and just go horizontal with it. I guess right. And yeah. Play it. You yeah. know, a different style way. But I also I also got to play the uh, famous checkerboard. Explore, uh, explore. That's oh, on the nice, on nice. the Dream Police, album. right? But you know, when it comes to instruments and all those tones, I can just, I mean, I don't see it, but I hear it and I feel it. I can almost guarantee that he's playing 
through a Marshall amp and a Gibson Les Paul for most of that album oh. on that first album. Because I know the bass is a uh, T-Bird, a Thunderbird bass mm-hmm. through an Ampeg. Yeah. And, and people were asking, how did they get that massive tone? Because that, that bass tone is one of the best bass tones I've ever heard. It was mm. years later uh, that he started playing the 12-string. Right, yeah. But uh, basically, Urban Legend has it that, that all that tone on that first album was a uh, Gibson Thunderbird bass. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I should know a little bit more about it, but uh, because I have a, a story about the producer, Jack Douglas. Oh, right, yeah. Right and Jack Douglas produced uh, a band I was in called Slash a Snake Pit. And course, he produced right. that album called um, Ain't Life Grand. And so Jack Douglas also produced the first Cheap Trick record, but all the great Aerosmith records. Right, Aerosmith Rock. John Lennon. He produced uh, so many great bands. But for me, when we got in the studio with Slash, all I wanted to invite, all I wanted to know about was Cheap Trick. And and, and here's the thing: uh, they recorded all the tracks in '76. Right. Right. For not just Cheap Trick, Cheap Trick, but for Cheap Trick in color. Oh. So, so they recorded all those tracks. At least this is what's coming from, you know. I read that. that. They recorded Surrender, and those songs were kind of thought of there around the same time. Surrender was Heaven Tonight, but but the, but the in color, the songs off of in color, yeah. uh, Jack Douglas, I guess, had also done a bunch of sessions where those were the tracks. Right. But why does it sound so different? Because when it came time for the second album, in color, Tom Weirman took it on and remixed it. Right. And Tom Weirman was this guy who did Motley Crue. Yeah. And, you know, remixed girls, that girls, album girls, as well. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. kind of got a name for himself remixing albums and then became a huge producer in his own right anyway. Yeah. So, but I digress. Let's go back to Cheap Trick, Cheap Trick. Well, let's buy, <laughs> let's buy a song while we've got the time and we will come back soon. Richard Speck. Very much so. Who, I I just read that today, he actually killed eight nurses July 13th, 1969. uh, 1966, going into the morning of July 14th. Correct. Uh, Tortured, raped, murdered, and then spent. Is this actually the the, the inspiration behind the story? Exactly. Exactly, yeah. 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 Hey. Yeah. Because I was listening to it on the way over here in the subway, and I was like going, well, you know, when Robin Zander goes into that part, I was a lonely boy, I was a lonely boy. I, I kept on thinking, well, 
I wonder if that had anything to do with my sort of upbringing, my childhood. Right. Because we, you always kind of relate to songs. Oh, sure. That, that, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. You feel that it's speaking for you. And I guess during that time, I, I'm, I'm sort of a divorced kid of the 70s, you know, that, that epidemic that happened way back when. And so, and an only child. And, uh, yeah, I didn't obviously have the... <laughs> The Richard <laughs> Speck connection. I, I didn't have the follow through <laughs> to go with what the story that you're talking about with that, and I'm happy I didn't. But yeah, I mean, the, those songs really resonated with me and the lyrics yeah. because for so many years, you know, before there was the internet, this mm. album came out before the internet. Yeah, a long time. Before a lot oh, of yeah. those lines that they're singing, I was just guessing. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and it wasn't until years later that I actually knew that wasn't. The exact lyric. I, I still, you know, I, I put on my last solo album, I played a uh, Cheap Trick song, or I, I did a cover of a cover called California Man. Mm. Right, yep, and, yep. I, and I was singing it the way I had learned it by listening to the records. And it wasn't until I went on to uh, do lyrics.com to record the song, I was singing the wrong lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> That's like all the, like the, 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 the Japanese pressings in like the 70s and 80s. Because they didn't know, like if you if you buy like an old Kiss record from from uh, which is a Japanese pressing, yeah. they printed out the lyrics, and it was always the Japanese guessing. Oh, so really? the lyrics are all just fucked up. Oh, nothing makes that. sense. Way before it Google, was, Google they were Translate, and they didn't really know English. And so <laughs> he's probably saying this, so it's really cool. It's really cool. That's nice. And of course, Cheap Trick was probably other than America, Japan was a. Yeah. Market. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's kind Absolutely. of where they broke. Right? Budokan basically, basically yeah, yeah. broke them. Yeah. yeah. Which come third, fourth album, come after the third album. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Massive. Massive. Yeah. yeah. And kind of a, the same thing as, as Kiss as well, with Kiss Alive. Exactly. A couple yeah. of studio records, then you bring out the uh, the live album. and. Uh, well, that's how, how it kind of worked back then. I think yeah. still to this day, Budokan is the live in Budokan is the biggest selling cheap trick record. Yeah, it probably yeah, is. It is. Yeah. yeah, it worked for Cheap Trick and it worked for Danger Danger. Imagine that. <laughs> danger Danger. I had to get my Danger Danger reference in because Steve West Poli. would be mad. I'm, I'm contractually <laughs> obligated by Steve West to mention Danger Danger at least once in an interview. A shout out to Steve. There you go, Steve. We actually met him. Uh, you were the one that pointed him out to me. That's right. At Sweden Rock Festival. All yeah. right. Yeah, a he, mutual was, friend. he was a big star this last Sweden Rock, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was walking danger. around. I mean, that that. That music is huge, I think always. But yeah. It's, it, but uh, we, we we listen to it on the road. It, like bef- when we go on tour with Alice, obviously Cheap Trick is a, a big dressing room song. Right. Are the ready. other guys in a Cheap Trick? Huh? Are the other guys? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I think we all have a we share a common bond with, with Cheap Trick being one of those bands. Even Alice, you know, is 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 a big because he knows that Cheap Trick is a direct, you know. Apple off the tree of the Beetle tree. Right, yeah. yes. You know, oh, yeah. I, and I kind of tend to like bands that fall from that Beatles right. tree, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. whether if, if, it's a, if it's a low-hanging fruit like, you know, Oasis. Right, yeah. Know, yeah. I, I'm like, yeah, of course. Sure. I, I'm going to eat it all up yeah. all the time. Right. And, then, uh, and then Cheap Trick, obviously. And, and like I said, I've been trying to rewrite Surrender for, you know, 25 <laughs> years now. But um, one of the, uh, what I was saying was the... Uh, Dressing band songs. Right. Yeah, like, dressing we, room band. We, yep. we, we, before we uh, get ready for a yeah. show, we always 
someone's the designated DJ. And when it's my turn, there's usually cheap trick playing. Okay. And and you know, again, endanger danger. Endanger danger. You're That's kidding. what happened this last tour. It it came on, and I was like. This sounds pretty damn good. <laughs> I'm happy with it. So, yeah, that was our actually our, our first tour. I, I've been happy. I'm, I'm lucky to say that I've toured both with uh, Cheap Trick with Alice and and Danger Danger. Oh, Electric Angels. Yep. Hell, <laughs> Electric Man. Angels. There's a band that you, that people are listening, going, "Who the hell is that?" Is that oh, <laughs> I've, I've got the albums at home. I, absolutely, I can remember that when I was a kid. So, yeah, um, Cheap Trick. I. It was the flame that actually where I discovered them growing mm. up in Australia. That song become huge, and that's where I actually one of my school teachers um, was a massive Cheap Trick fan. Oh. And then he started taking me to took me to my first Cheap Trick show when I was like fifteen or something right. like that. Right. Yeah. Um, I cool. think supporting a band called the Angels. Oh yeah. Good. Oh the Angels. They're I good. like yeah. the Angels. Yeah. yeah. I think they may be called Angel City or something in America. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. But phenomenal band, and yep. I think Cheap Trick. I think it was the Angels supporting. Just a great show. Yeah, great and band, great, great straight ahead rock band. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I was turned on to them. Yeah, I, it's weird in a way. I was turned on to Cheap Trick by going down to Los Angeles to a, my cousins. We used to vacation in the summertime. My yeah. mom and I down to my cousin's place, and I, I'd hang out with him. It was a Los Angeles party, mm. and it was like. We, we went and sat down, the, the turntable was playing, and Cheap Trick at Budokan was on. Oh. And I just sat, and I remember, I can remember it like it was yesterday. I'm sitting right next to the turntable, and every time the, the side A would end, I'd flip it over to side B, and then back side over one. to side A, <laughs> and back over to side B. It was, you know, it was, it was, I just kept going and going because it was something so different for me yeah. to hear. It was, it was like, pop sensibility all the cool sort of pop uh melodies and and the hooks that i was used to hearing on am radio growing up but with guitars you know with heavy and that's what i want to do i wanted to play heavy pop so you know i I ate that up and then i went back and started finding out the early albums and then as, as soon as i found cheap trick cheap trick right i latched onto that album yeah. for one it's, it's just like sometimes you latch on to album cover or albums because of the album covers Ooh. you know and, yeah. and absolutely yeah and those those first you know those first few albums that cheap trick were making their album covers were just so rock and roll yeah you know and and probably the best band photo shoot is is the one off of the uh Cheap trick, cheap trick. I mean, yeah, they, right. those guys just look like they're having a good time. Yeah. Yep. It looks like it's fun to be in a band, and it looks like the way I'd like to spend the rest of my life, which <laughs> I subs- subsequently have done. <laughs> I didn't know it was, was it side A and side one? Exactly. On, on yes. the vinyl original, because yes, they felt, yes, that was they a, felt the songs were so good. There was no B-side. Exactly, yeah. yeah. There was no which, B-side. Which is pretty cool. Which that's, I love it. That's, that's, so, that's cool. so clever. I, I've tried to do that with albums of our own copying that sort of right, yeah. uh, formula right i, I know yeah. with electric angels we had the upper west side and the lower east oh. side <laughs> okay yeah, nice cool. yeah. <laughs> i think guns and roses had g and r yes they yeah. did side they g did. and side they r did. Yeah. they did so it's great i love that no b-sides kind of quite <laughs> it's, it's, it's really, really cool full of that jay messina was the engineer Okay, I don't have any Jay Messina stories. Sorry. Uh, no. Loggins Messina, your mama don't what? dance. What? Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Your mama right. don't dance. Da, 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 da. I did Covered not. Covered by ha- Poison, of course. 
First time I heard it was Y&T. Oh, really? Down for the Count album. Okay. I think that version is better than the Poison version. So Dave yeah. Medichetti, Y&T? Yep. Okay. Yep. Down and for the Count. Now that we're just hanging out, just being old, you know, record geeks, uh, Y&T's original name? Yesterday and Today. Okay. And their biggest song off that, off the, off the Yesterday and Today sort uh, of Oh, Jesus Christ. Because they did, I think they did, was it like two albums they did with Yesterday and Today and then yeah. it changed it to Y&T? I should know. Was it? No, I can't Alcohol? Remember. Oh, right. Okay. Wasn't yeah. that one? Yeah, it might oh. be. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It was, it was before they had the giant, uh, didn't they have a monster? Yeah, they had like that? a big robot <laughs> for, for the uh, In Rock With Trust album, 1984 or whatever wow. it is. Yeah, killer yeah. stuff. Great you, band. You know what? Again, coming from the Bay Area, yeah. Y&T yeah. were, were demigods. Yeah. Right. Hell yeah. And and I'm like I said, whenever Cheap Trick would come to town opening up for one of these superstar bands, right. it was um it was always a gig that I would go to. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know. It was before it was bef you know, they would open up for Van Halen mm. before Van Halen started only hiring right, yeah. bad bands. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I think later in the, you know, like by the time Diver Down came on, you know, Van with Van Halen, they Diver Down Van Halen uh tour had some band that was basically just getting trash thrown at them right, every right, single month. Right, yeah. I think that was part of their master plan. I think yeah. Cheap Trick probably taught them a lesson. They said, no, we're not going to have any good bands open up for us anymore. <laughs> I think they call it, Van Halen called them T-shirt band, bands. T-shirt bands? Because that's when people went out and buying T-shirts, the Van Halen T-shirts. Love it. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Alrighty, let's have a, a bit of a break and we'll be back shortly. other songs we should go through quickly let's do it um, Oh Candy being one of them mm. there's a song about suicide I know but the way it's the pop sensibility of it yep. it's such a sing-along right. suicide song yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah. it's like it's it's the happiest of them right. all because, I mean really depressing lyrics but really great songwriting mm. great song uh, structure it's, yeah. it's a pretty dark album at yeah. times and dark yeah. subject matter, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But but I go, always go back to the the song structures where it wasn't set up so formula where there's this, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, lead, solo out, you know, and it had much more depth in the sense where there's great parts, great musical parts, mm. and sometimes... Of course, there's a chorus, but when you listen to that second chorus, there's something they add on, mm. yep. and it's something just a little bit of a twist of a difference. Yep. And "Oh Candy" was again one of those songs that just had the perfect structure. I I always say one of the b best structured songs. There's two of them that I go back to. Say "Surrender." Yep. The formula of "Surrender" is just great with the modulations to mm. go up. And uh, believe it or not, it's uh, ABBA's SOS. Oh, all right. Okay. I think it's one of the best structured songs all right. ever. Cool. And so between those two, I mean, but but I would say the bronze medal, and this is good, is, right. is Oh Candy. Right, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give Candy the bronze. <laughs> the, the band name Candy didn't come from this one. Um, you know what? 
That's a good question if the band name did come from that song. I don't think so because the band was already named before I joined right, it. Yeah. We'd have to ask Jonathan Daniel, and um, he's too busy managing Green Day right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. He used to manage Courtney Love there too, right? He still does. Yeah. yeah. He, oh. he, he's he's trained. We call him a mogul. Yeah, right. he, he's a business mogul. We used to, uh, and, and, a, and a huge Cheap Trick fan, actually. We... we when I joined the band, Candy, I was hired because I had dyed black hair and it spiked up everywhere and a black leather jacket and really tight uh, skinny jeans. So the guys in Candy had the exact same outfit and they would always come around and people would come to me and say, are you in Candy? I'd say, no. And they go, well... You should be. And, and I guess apparently the same thing was being said to them because they eventually came and found me at a, at a club show and said, hey, you know, we are uh, thinking about adding someone to the band. Would you be interested? And I took one look at them. I said, brothers. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> and, and, and really, we, we've hung out ever since and we've stayed in touch ever since. And obviously, Jonathan's gone on to do some great stuff. And... Um, Gilby, I'm still tight with. Gilby Clark yep. was in that yeah. band as well, yeah. so he went on to join a small band. Another, you know, no one's ever heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think they I, I, I wish they'd catch a break. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I wish those guys. Yeah, you know, really rooting. For wish them. him luck. <laughs> no, but that's some cool stuff. Then there's the um, the uh, it says pedophilia. Daddy should have stayed in high school. But as yeah. we said before this, that maybe it's just like, I yeah, don't know, what, what Christine it, 16 um, or... Uh, happy, happy Buffal or whatever it's called. Happy Buffal, something like that where you, a, an older man fancies a... a oh, yeah, okay, yeah, a, yeah exactly. A younger, yeah, yeah, a, yeah, a younger woman, yeah. like a 15 to 18-year-old kind of woman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. What do they call that? I call, I, don't they call that a crime? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not here in Sweden, but I thought they called that a no, crime pretty much. I, I read somewhere that it. I read somewhere that it was that it was called epiphilia or yeah, something, something like that. Yeah, it wasn't pedophilia. It was no, epiphilia ep- or something. Ep- epiphile or something. Uh, exactly. Right. Yeah. You guys are both getting caught up in the semantics. I'm just going. <laughs> it's the legal thing, right? Yeah, I know. No, but exactly. there's tons well, of songs. Well, oh. Think about that. Like if a song like, you know, Daddy should have stayed in high school, which is a, I love the song. Yeah. And, and, and the subject matter is really cheeky. Yeah. But imagine if songs like that or Christine 16 Dude. were released today. No, and there's There'd many be songs such like an uproar. There'd Absolutely. be a, there'd be an online petition faster than you could, yeah. you know, asking for Gene Simmons scalp. Yeah. yeah. And Gene the Simmons ba- would the sell them that scalp. Sweet 17. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think Jonathan Cain would write a song like that today. No. Who's no. that? Jonathan Cain, Journey. Yes, yes. Married oh. to Trump's uh, spiritual advisor. Wow, I didn't know. Yeah, you went deep in that rabbit Pretty hole. Pretty loco. Yep. Okay. <laughs> well, I was thinking, I thought you were talking about Wingers. Uh, sh- She's only seven. Right, they right? did. Yeah, exactly. That Kip will. Winger. Yeah. Yeah. But the day, Add him the to the list. The did Sweet, sweet 17. How about yeah. this one? Him too. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, but you're true. That, I've thought about that. Like in the 70s, if you go back, there are so many songs that, or lyrics, mm. that you couldn't really write today. And I think back then, nobody really, you know, Christine, 16, I saw you coming out of school that day. 
It's pretty creepy. It's it's really creepy, yeah. especially when well, Jim I mean, was singing it. You could go all the way back because I was just recently, two days ago, watching a Paul McCartney uh, oh, interview. Right. And, well, she's just seventeen. Yeah, there you, go. Yeah. you know songs. what I mean. Exactly. Yeah. And, and apparently, it was supposed to be another line, but yeah. Yeah. Lennon was the one that said, "Well, let's just put you know what I mean," <laughs> and with a wink. Right. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, totally different. Yeah. Very different. There's a lot of them out there. Anyway, great song, but Yeah. Great song. Hell, yeah. I wonder if Oasis got their whole thing by that song. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? If you just watch any you Oasis video, I mean? you know what I mean? Well, that was a good song. Um, yeah, what else? Elo Kitties or Elo Elo? Is it about Elo? ELO. Electric Light Orchestra? I don't or know. Well, that, I don't think it would have been. No, you're right. ELO at that time was ELO because, you know, before they were ELO, they were the move. Right, exactly. And, and, and Cheap Trick were big fans of the move, yes. uh, I read. So there were stories how that stuff ended up, you know. Well, here's a, here's a really cool inside thing that you'll have to go on the Internet, kids, which you're probably already on, uh, to check out. If you look at the album cover mm. and uh, you see the band and the – Rick Nielsen is holding an album mm -hmm. in that album cover. That album is an, a band that he, an album that he and Tom Peterson formed, um, and they had pressed a certain amount of copies of this album and released it. And I guess there should be a trivia contest winner question. What was the name of that album? Because, right. I mean, we're going to go on and check this out as soon as we cut the tape yep. and see what album that is. But he is holding an album, and that is, I want to say the name of that album was called, it was something, oh, man, Gen Fuse. I want to say it's the band's name was Fuse. All the, right. right okay. All right. So check it out and cool. see. Because he is, you, I don't know if you ever noticed that he's holding this album. And, if, and, and I studied it for years and couldn't figure it out. And, and it was their pre-Cheap Trick band. It was, a, it was the band that right, Tom right, Peterson right. and Rick Nielsen had formed before Robin Zander and Bunny Carlos uh, got in the band. Okay. Oh, nice. Well, that's interesting. Cool. I've never heard Son, that you before. You didn't know about that one, huh? No, 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 no. no. None of your Wikipedia you, you, <laughs> information you, has that. You live I want to say learn. the band was called Fuse, but, but I could be wrong. Okay. So somebody fact check me on that. And just so you know, uh, with all, you'd think they're all sort of deep into music, but the one that was more into all the music history and all the musicology. It is Fuse. It is Fuse. I'm yeah. right. Oh, there you go. So um, the one member of Cheap Trick that was into the music and the history more than anyone else was Bunny Carlos. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. He was the one that made all their uh, mixtapes, all their in-between. Like yeah. before you have a concert, you have a sort of a warm-up tape yeah. that you put yeah. on to, yeah. get the to get the crowd into, right. the, uh, into the show. Well, he was the one that would make all those pre-show pre tapes. Right. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. And he's no longer in the band. No. Uh, yeah. It's no. too bad. But you know what? The, the the good news is is that Rick Nielsen's son is now playing drums. Right, yeah, 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 and, yeah. And he's great. Right. He's a great drummer. Yeah. He's a great guy. Yeah. yeah. Dax. Right. He's great. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, so. But that was also that the album wasn't really a hit when it came out. Mm, not at uh, all. Didn't make Billboard 200. Yeah. Uh, and it was a pretty cool quote from Rick Nielsen from 2016 where he said, our first record, that was a cool record. We were just happy to make that. 
We didn't care about the sales of it. They were playing one of the songs on a station station in Chicago, and Detroit was playing something that was cool for us. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. See, I mean, a couple things about that is that back in those <laughs> days, you could make two or three records and, oh, yeah. Yeah. and grow exactly. and grow an audience. Yep. It's something we talked about yesterday. Again, yes. Yeah. Back, back in those days, they'd, you'd get a deal for, say, three albums, yeah. and, and you could... You'd, they'd nurture the band. Yeah, that's the thing oh, in the yeah. past. That doesn't that's, happen. But somehow in the '80s and the '90s, when, when rock sort of became in the forefront, mm. and business guys said, "Hey, we can make some money off this," then all of a sudden, to have a record that didn't go gold was considered a failure. Yes. If your yep. album didn't sell yep. five hundred thousand, it was a failure. You know, which which is crazy back in those days. Um, but now it's good to know that we're back to uh, rock bands not breaking the top 200 again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's come yeah. full oh, circle, hasn't oh, it? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> but I, I, um, I heard a, a really good uh, podcast with um, Ice-T. All right. And he was talking about how he could never crack selling a million records. And he was released through Warner. And he, he right. just couldn't crack that. And he got, on, he got on well with the Warner people. So he went in and said... You know, hey, there's all these substandard bands yep. selling a million copies, getting the platinum record, and I want to do that. Like, why can't I do that? I'm so close. And then the boss basically showed him the bottom line and said, see that? See how much money you're making? See how much money in the red they are? Right. So yeah. basically, back in the day, yeah. you know, just spending all this money just to promote these bands and and it wasn't real sales, you know? Exactly. They were so in the red because they were just pushing these bands and right. marketing them so hard. Right. So uh, something like Cheap Trick is a, a something rock in general. You know, yeah. it was a lot more organic. Yeah. You know, especially back then when it sold. Iced tea. There you go. <laughs> from from Cheap Trick to Iced Tea. Ah, uh, love my KKK bitch. <laughs> body counts. Well, yeah, I was gonna say body counts. Yeah. Uh, That's a phenomenal album. That first one. Dude, first you're spitting body oh, count lyrics out I on us. That's it. great. I love it. But also said here uh, that um, uh, Queen took out Cheap Trick on Queen's first U.S. US tour, uh, which I guess was around, yeah, which I guess was in 77. Uh, and they played two shows opening for Queen before Thin Lizzy took over. That would have been news of the world. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, it might have been. Which yeah. is yeah, another yeah, yeah. one. That's one of my another favorite albums of out of 1977, yeah. too. There you go. That was News of the World. And, I mean, talk about an album with a spectrum. I think that's what those two albums have in, in common is that if you listen to the Cheap Trick, Cheap Trick, you'll see, it's of course, it's a rock and roll album, but there's a huge spectrum within that. Oh, it's sure. not just, you know, 10 of the same songs. It's yeah. a, a lot of different styles. And mm. of course, Mandicello is one of the coolest ballads. You know, Ballad of TV Violence isn't really a ballad. So no. <laughs> Mandicello is the proper ballad on, the, on that yeah. album. And I love the fact that they put it as the fourth song on side A. I think yeah. that's just cool. And it's right, you know, right after He's a Whore. Like, some people go, well, let's blend it. Like, well, shouldn't we put right. some punk rock songs and then blend it and go into that? No, no, no. Let's just do our fastest, most aggressive, shortest punk rock song and then do the ballad right after right. that. Yeah, yeah. I love that song. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's, that's the reason why nobody puts me in charge of making up the set list these days. <laughs> <laughs> I still like doing that. <laughs> Alrighty, um, they haven't been over here for so long, you know? No. It's, it's been years and years. Yeah, You've yeah. seen them, right? 
Never seen them. Never, never seen. Never, them. never seen. No. What you're saying it, what, was, what was the point? Cheap trick. They, they, they don't tour over here anymore. No, they, they don't play Sweden. Well, they they did come to the UK. Not I think two, the one or two they, yeah, years ago. Yeah. yeah, Sweden they don't. Yeah, yeah. you know that. But they to. really don't need to in the sense that where they're always working. Right. Whenever mm-hmm. we go out with Alice, because Alice does like to work a lot. Yeah. He likes to he likes to tour at least every year. Yeah. It's you know the tours aren't hu- huge and long, but they're. They're consistent. I'll tell you yeah. that much. And whenever we're out there, I you know I have contact with Dax, the drummer, uh, right. and, and we're always like, hey, are you are you close by? Because we always see their name, you know, either a few venues ahead or a few right, venues, right. He- behind. venues behind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So great, great band line. Cool. Yeah, shit, I mean, shit, load of good topics. <laughs> I can yeah. remember the first time I saw him just uh, Rick flicking out oh, okay. guitar pick after guitar pick after guitar pick this yeah. year if you come and see the Alice Cooper band out on tour and I don't know if we're going to be um, lucky enough to play uh, Sweden again I love playing here as much as we can but um, I I have a guitar pick company that has treated me like Rick Nielsen lately so I have about now probably 25 different pick designs All right. that I'm able to sort of toss out to the crowd now. So uh-huh. it's, it's more like of a collector's bin. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, so, I'm starting to get more of that weird collector in the front. <laughs> 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 you know, like with a leather yeah, attache, yeah, 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 of carry-on yeah, yeah, bag, yeah. and he's got his plastic bags ready to put the guitar picks in and sell them on <laughs> eBay right away. So I, I, I'll be very careful to flick them a few uh, rose farther this All next right. tour love it you're going to be out with tesla and lita ford in the u.s yes, right yes and u.s canada tesla lita ford which could all sort of fit in in this sort of 70s 80s rock bill yeah that, absolutely and uh like i said anytime we have a chance to to do shows and and do something with cheap trick yeah uh we always do whenever yeah. whenever we're in town uh for instance robin yeah, I think I told you guys he sang on my last solo album, right, California yes, Man. That's right, yeah. And then yeah. when we're in his hometown, we always invite them up, and we played. We actually played Rockford, Illinois, um, last year, and we're able to have the whole family, the whole Nielsen family, come down to the show because they are a family of musicians. I don't know if you know that, but no, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, the 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 older brother. Um, uh, plays as well in a band, more of an Americana band, right? Oh. And uh, we golfed together during the day. We, cool. we golfed in the morning and then played rocks and rock and roll at night. Rick uh, came out to the show. And, of course, <laughs> as, uh, as uh, fate would have it, on my big guitar solo that I, was, that I had of the night, you know, it's like everybody gets a little bit of a spotlight. Some right. people get a huge spotlight. I do get my little spotlight moment to, yeah. uh, to play a, a little solo. And uh, in front of Rick Nielsen was watching at the monitor board in Rockford, Illinois. So I'm like, yes, we're playing Cheap Trick's <laughs> hometown. Everything happens. And then right when the big note hits, the guitar goes. This <laughs> 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 is so classic spinal tap, you know, radio interference through the, through the you know. I love th- that. Through the wireless system yeah, yeah. Rick, I, I look over I didn't I, I didn't need to look over but I I had to look over to Rick and he just he just shrugs his shoulders and he goes yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> and that was it love it well um that was it cheap we'll trick it on that, first yeah. record uh, hell yeah 
Thanks. Go out and check a good it out. One. It's, a it's good still, one. like I said, uh, 2020, I just drove here on a subway and got the same vibe that I got way back in the late 70s listening to this album. So it is check, a good do one. yourself a favor, check it out. And, Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. When you're done checking that out, go check some of my stuff out too. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. Cool, man. Thanks for your time. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for having me, man.